the associate pastor here on staff at Crossroads, and it's so good to be worshiping online with you today. Today I'll be preaching out of Isaiah um, chapter 41, so we will get there in just a few minutes. I'm preaching out of the NIV if you'd like to follow along there, but uh, we'll read that in just a few minutes. So let's pray before we get started. Dear God, thank you for this time to worship together online. God, we thank you for this platform and all that it does to uh, just spread your word and make disciples. God, as we uh, receive this sermon today, God, would you open our hearts and ears to hear it and to hear whatever you have to say to us, God. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So at the end of every year, many different apps come out with what is known as their wrapped. Essentially, their wrapped means as we're wrapping up the year, here are some statistics on how you spent your time this year on this app. So this wrap reports um, that I got this year were mainly from Spotify and Duolingo. So how I spent my time listening to music this year and how I spent my time learning languages this year. And so on Spotify, my number one most listened to song this year was Gratitude by I Am They. It's a Christian song that I'm sure a lot of you would recognize, and I listened to it 94 times this year. And in total, I listened to 2,535 different songs this year and spent 40,231 minutes listening to music, which is almost 28 full days, which is crazy to me. I listen to music all day while I'm at work, so it kind of makes sense. On Duolingo, where I'm learning Spanish, I did 571 Spanish lessons this year. I spent 1,715 minutes learning, which is about 28 hours, and I learned 1,391 new words, which is crazy because I don't even think I know that many in Spanish, but apparently I do. And when I was reflecting and thinking about all my wrapped reports, I was wishing there was one for my Bible. I wish I could get a report on how many minutes I spent reading scripture, how many days in a row I read, how many times I looked up the same verse, that kind of stuff. I think it'd be really cool to see that report. And then I thought, well, even if we don't have our individual reports on how we read the Bible this year, I'm sure there has to be some sort of t statistic out there about how people all over the world read their Bibles this year. So I got to looking and I found out what the most searched and highlighted Bible verses were for this year. Earlier this month, YouVersion, who is the maker of the Bible app that we all love and use, um, put out a list of the top 10 most saved and highlighted Bible verses for 2023. And here they are. I'm going to uh, give you the top five. So the fifth most highlighted and saved Bible verse this year was Joshua 1.9. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's a good one. Number four was Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Number three was Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Number two was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And number one, for the second year in a row, in the third time in four years, Isaiah 41, 10 was version's verse of the year. Isaiah 41.10 is this. 
So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And honestly, I was not really surprised when I read that this was the verse of the year. I love this verse myself. It's an incredible reminder that God is always with us and is always there to help us. And I'm glad that thousands of other people have found comfort in this verse this year. But at the same time, when a verse like this is the verse of the year, it makes me stop and ask the question, what were people going through this year that makes this verse the one that they were searching for? How are people feeling when they look up this verse? I think that that question can be answered in the verse itself. There are two emotions that this verse says not to do. It says, do not fear, do not be dismayed. Those are the two emotions that aren't fun. And we all know what fear is. When you're afraid of something or someone that is likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. But I think less people understand what dismay is. The definition of dismay is a feeling of consternation and distress, typically that is caused by something unexpected. So dismay is kind of when you're worried and distressed about something that is likely unexpected. You could also use the words anxious or worried here too. So I think that when people look up this verse, they may be experiencing fear, distress, worry, and anxiety about something. It's as simple as that. So if this was the verse of the year, and, the, and it was the verse of the year for the past couple years, I have to ask, what are people fearful, distressed, worried, and anxious about? According to a study done by the American Psychological Association, the biggest stressors for Americans today are money, health issues, the economy, and the workplace, which all lines up to me because those can all be really stressful and hard to deal with. And we all know that after the pandemic, anxiety and depression diagnosis have increased significantly. People aren't getting a break. So let me ask you this. Thinking about the whole year of 2023, what were you most stressed out about? What kept you awake at night? What did you worry about? What did you spend the most brain time worrying about? It probably falls into one of those categories, money, health, the economy, and work. And if I could add one in there that I think is missing, it's probably your kids or relationships with your spouse or other family members. I'm sure you have a good reason to worry about those things. There are days when life hits you with one thing after another and it gets so stressful. I get it. But what I want you to think about is how you respond when stressful things happen. How do you respond? What do you do when you get the, new, the news that your car needs an expensive repair? How do you respond when your child is really sick? How do you respond when there are problems at the office again? How do you respond to those stressors in life? And I ask you that because how you respond to stress changes everything. How you respond to stress changes your outlook on the situation and likely, likely your eventual outcome of the situation. And as Christians, scripture is clear about how we're supposed to respond to these types of stressful situations. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 says, 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and, pe and petition, with thanksgiving, present your offerings to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I really appreciate this verse. I think it's really good advice. But I also think, and I'm sure a lot of you think, that this is easier said than done. Am I right? I mean, don't be anxious about anything. Who isn't anxious about anything? I've never heard of someone not being anxious, even just a little bit at any given time in my life. <laughs> it feels like anxiety and worry and stress and things are things that we just can't fully avoid, even if we really try to. As much as we try to fix our eyes on God and focus on Him, anxiety is still there in the background, even if it's just a little. It seems like it's something that we can't avoid. And you're right. We literally cannot avoid it. And I can tell you why that is. When I led the Epic of Eden Bible study this fall, one of the things that we learned about were the blessings for humanity in the creation story and their subsequent curses in the fall. And one of the curses that humanity received from the, from the fall may have something to do with this constant worry that we're all facing. Essentially, in the fall, Adam and Eve ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and their eyes were opened. From this, God gives various curses to the snake and Adam and Eve because of what they've done. And the curse I want to point out is Genesis 3.19. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. And I have a short clip from the Epic of Eden to explain this to you. Check it out here. That brings us to the next line here. The sweat of your face is how you shall eat your bread. Now, all my life, I read that passage and I thought, oh, he's going to have to work really hard, right? Well, then Daniel Fleming of New York University did a word study on that little phrase, by the sweat of your face. And he determined that it's been borrowed out of Akkadian and the Mesopotamian world and it has absolutely nothing to do with hard work. Rather, this passage can be found all over the royal inscriptions of the Mesopotamian kings. And what it communicates is anxiety. Anxiety. What does anxiety have to do with Adam's curse? Well, think about it for a minute. We live in the wealthiest country on this planet. I have a good job. I have health insurance. I have a 401k rolling. But every morning I wake up and I worry. What do I worry about? I worry that I'll lose my job. I'll worry that the market will crash. I worry that we might not make the mortgage. What if I get sick? What if my husband gets sick? What if my children get sick? What if the medical coverage doesn't carry it? What if I can't make the car payment? What if I get in an accident? What if my 52-year-old boiler breaks down tomorrow and I don't have $18,000 to replace it? Anyone else out here worrying about your world? I have enough clothes in my closet to clothe most African villages, and I worry. Why? Because that's Adam's curse, limited resources that make us worried that tomorrow there won't be enough. This is Adam's curse. Human so because of the fall, humankind has been cursed with anxiety. So no wonder we all deal with it. I hope that makes you feel a little more sane, like there's not something wrong with you for worrying. It's just a natural human state that we've been cursed with. 
And I'm not saying that it's good or that we should accept it and just live with a ton of anxiety. I'm saying that it is part of us and that's okay. And what we can learn is to face it and manage it in a way that is healthy and glorifying to God. Do you want to learn how to face your anxiety and worry while glorifying God at the same time? This brings us back to our verse of the year, Isaiah 41.10. The book of Isaiah was written by the prophet Isaiah, and he prophesied a message of judgment and hope for a new Jerusalem. The Israelites, God's chosen people, were still doing their thing and worshiping other gods, and part of God's judgment on them was Jerusalem's fall to Babylon. And after this, Israel understandably loses some of their faith in God, and they're still questioning if the other gods that they worship may be more powerful. Then, through Isaiah, God responds to Israel's doubts and accusations, and this is what he says. This is Isaiah 41, 8 through 14. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, who I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its furthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant, so I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. All who rage against you surely will be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, for I will help you. Do not be afraid. You worm Jacob, little Israel, do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. You can't read these verses and say that God wasn't on Israel's side. He loves them and is willing to do anything for his people. And I have to imagine that the Israelites, who God is speaking to, have massive amounts of fear and anxiety and worry. Their city was just overtaken by the enemy, and they're questioning if their God is really who he says he is. And then God swoops in with all of these promises, saying, If you just hold on, Israel, I will help you. Do not fear, for I am with you. I have chosen you, and I have not rejected you. I will help you, Israel. Your enemies will never harm you. I am your Redeemer. I think this is just what Israel needed, the song of encouragement and hope from their God. And I think we could all use it too. There are days when it feels like our lives are burning down all around us, where we don't think that pain is bearable anymore, when we don't know if the God that we say that we serve is really real. And that is exactly when we have to choose to believe the word of God and we have to choose to believe the promises that he has promised us. And we have to choose him over anxiety if we want to have any shot at peace and joy in this life. It's easy to get weighed down by the anxieties of life. But when we take hold of the promises that God has for us, he helps us get through them and find true joy and hope in him. 
So we have to choose God over anxiety in this life or else we're never going to get anywhere when it comes to peace and hope. So here are three things to do when we are trying to choose God over anxiety. The first is to remember that anxiety is okay and you get to decide what to do with it. Anxiety and worry are natural human feelings. Some of us have it more than others, and it's not our fault, and we don't need to be embarrassed that we have anxiety or worry. We don't get embarrassed that we have sadness or happiness or excitement or any or anger or anything else. So we don't need to be ashamed or embarrassed that we have anxiety. It's just a natural feeling. Feeling anxiety is okay. It's how we react it's how we react to it that often trips us up. We don't need to feed into our anxiety and make ourselves worry more. It doesn't help anything. What we need to do is take our anxiety and choose to respond to it in a way that glorifies God. So feeling anxiety is okay. Having anxiety is okay. But you are in charge of what you decide to do with it. And we kind of have to take charge of that as well. It's easy to just feel it and say, oh, I have anxiety. I can't do anything and get just super weighed down. But it's what we have to do is to decide what to do with it. We have to take charge and decide what we are going to do with those feelings instead of let them overtake us. Because if we don't decide what to do with them, they'll decide what to do with us. So remember that anxiety is okay and you get to decide what to do with it. The second one is to respond to it in a way that glorifies God. So when we feel anxiety, we decide how to respond to it, what to do with it. So there are things that we can do when we decide to respond to it that are glorifying to God. The first one I'd want to tell you about is prayer. When I feel anxiety, when I'm worried about something and I can't get something off my mind, one of the first things that I do is pray. Just telling God about it. God, I'm worried about this and I'm worried that this is going to happen and what if it happens? And I just tell God my feelings and what I'm worried about. I pray for a good outcome. I pray for peace for me and for others about the situation. And often prayer helps so much. Just telling God about it and asking him to help you will help with anxiety. And I know there's some clinical anxiety where it doesn't go away. And trust me, I've experienced that too. But just telling God about your anxiety is a step in the right direction when it comes to anxiety and not letting it overtake you. The second one is to read scripture. Whenever I feel anxious, sometimes I have an, a, a, like a, a craving to go read scripture. Like I just want to go curl up on my couch with my dog and open my Bible and see what God has to say. And often when I'm feeling super anxious, God will lead me to a passage that makes me feel better. So don't forget when you are anxious, open the Bible and see what God has to say to you. And the third is to talk to a friend. Find a good, trusted Christian friend or mentor or someone here at church and tell them about your anxiety and receive prayer. We have a prayer team here at church who is always ready and willing to pray for you. 
uh, we can pray for you here after church on Sunday mornings, or we always have prayer appointments available as well if you are just experiencing a ton of anxiety and you want release for it. Or, or you, maybe you just need to tell a friend about it and just talk it over and get some prayer too. Talking to a friend can really help, and it's one of the most important things that we have here in this community because we weren't made to walk this life alone. We weren't made to bear anxiety alone, which is why God gave us the Christian community in the church. So respond to God in a way that glorifies—respond to anxiety in a way that glorifies God, maybe through prayer, through scripture, or talking it over with a friend and receiving prayer. Make sure you respond to anxiety by a way that glorifies God. And the third is to equip yourself with the tools to choose God. My favorite tool that I use in my anxiety when I am just facing something terrible is memorization of scripture. It would be really great if you can memorize Isaiah 41.10 so that when you're anxious and worried about something, you have this verse to recite yourself to remind you of God's promises of do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Like, just respond, reciting that when you're anxious will help you. Reminding yourself of God's promises and everything that He has done for us does help when it comes to anxiety. So maybe look up some of your favorite verses and write them down and memorize them and try to use them as a tool when you are dealing with anxiety. My favorite memorization of scripture hack is to take a verse that you want to memorize and then take the first letter from each word of that verse and write them down. You're going to write them down on a post-it note. You can write them down on your hand or wherever you want. And then you see the first letter of every word, and it's kind of like a hint when you are memorizing it. The first letter hints you to what that word is, and it is super effective in memorizing scripture. There should be an example on the screen right now, um, and if you want to do that, pick your favorite verse, pick one that comforts you when you are anxiety, in a state of anxiety and memorize it in this message and in this method. And I guarantee you that you will memorize it faster and easier than you ever thought you could. So equip yourself with tools to choose God. Anxiety and worry is a part of life that is super unfortunate. I can't wait for the day when we are in heaven and anxiety and worry are gone and we can just live life fully as ourselves with God. But until then, it's always going to be around, and it is up to us to choose how to respond to it. It's up to us to choose to glorify God within it, and you have the power to choose how you want to respond to it in a way that is glorifying to God and helpful to you and beneficial for the kingdom. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for Isaiah and just the prophecies that he has given us, God, and um, all the wonderful things that are in this book. God, I pray for all of those experiencing anxiety and worry. God, we know that those are two horrible things to deal with, especially when they seem overwhelming. But God, we know that because we have you, that we can choose how to respond to them, that we don't have to let them overtake us that when we have you, you will fight our battles for us because you are there for us 
You are with us and you are behind us every step of the way. Help us to choose you instead of fear and anxiety when we are experiencing it, God. Be there for us in front of our faces when we need it. Um, and just help us and comfort us in our time of need. It's in your sense that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you can be notified of our most recent content. If you have any comments or questions for us, feel free to jump over to WashingtonCrossroads.com. Thank you again and have a great week.